Remember when Kamen Rider fought and destroyed his friend? Wasn't that so cool? I mean, he chased him down on a cool bike that came from the sky. That was a giant cell phone that when he touched the screen, a little motorcycle icon, it turned into a bike with a really cool name that reminded me of Battle Hopper. It was Rising Hopper. And then he chased him down and then he um, did a, a big jump and fought him. It was a really cool fight. And then he hit him with the big briefcase sword and that totally destroyed him. It was super cool, wasn't it? Anyway, this is MJ. Uh, I love Tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk about Kamen Rider Zero One Episode Two because uh, it has a little bit of a tone problem. I think um, the uh, my title for this episode is commodifying. What is it? Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. Hold on. Ah, uh, yes, commodifying despair. And I said that a little tongue-in-cheek. Um, all dramatic stories with stakes in them are commodifying or making money off of selling despair to the audience because you uh, want to have uh, you want to have empathy uh, for and you know sympathize with the characters in the show, the heroes, um, so that you can actually connect to the story, and that's totally normal. But it's really funny to me that Mamoru was corrupted into this, uh, I don't even know what this thing was. Was it a mongoose? Was it supposed to be a walrus or some sort of snake? I, I almost thought, you know, squirrel or gopher or something, but it had these big tusks and this one thing hanging off of its back. So I, I'm not sure what it was, but anyway, um, he told them that they're practically family and, uh, we see that, um, you know, he has all this affection for him. He gives him you know, this little thing he ties onto his arm because he, uh, you know, wants him, you know, he was injured helping protect people from the bat, I'm assuming, uh, Humagir, or what do they call it when it turns bat? Is it a different name? I don't know. Anyway, um, but then he, you know, Izu tells him that once they've become corrupted, corrupted, the Humagirs, that there's no way to save them and they have to be destroyed. And he has some legitimate pathos over that, and I can see the character, I can see Aruto um, kind of agonizing over the fact that he has to do it, um, but he does it. He ultimately fights and destroys Mamoru. But then at the very end of the press conference, there is a Humagir who is wearing uh, the yellow kerchief on his arm like Mamoru, and... Uh, I think he kind of looks like Mamoru. It's kind of a weird angle. I couldn't get a great look at him. And then when they went out to a crowd shot, um, it looked like they were showing him again. But you, the people were uh, arranged in such a way that they were blocking off any view of his arm to see if the, the armband was to, was on there. And that, in fact, it was Mamoru somehow. Either he had come back or was reconstructed. or I, like, I don't know what. Um, but it doesn't really make sense to me because... Uh, if you're having this character despair because of what they had to do to protect people, I get that. Um, I can appreciate the pathos. You know, I'm buying the despair that you're putting out there. But uh, if you're going to nullify it by having him just recreate this guy, that's weird. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope that's something they're going to address in a future episode because, uh, you know, is Mamoru back? And honestly, I really hope that's something that they're going to build towards in the series that Aruto will develop or have developed because he's, I don't think he's a smart guy, he's just a comedian, right? I'm not that comedians are dumb, but I think you know what I'm saying. Anyway, he's not a scientist. Maybe he'll have somebody work on technology that will allow them to purify and heal the corrupted Humagir 
uh, individuals. Um, although something interesting I noticed about the Humagir that are targeted is uh, the terrorist guys say that they are approaching singularity, which singularity, if you don't know, is the point at which artificial intelligence is supposed to match uh, humans' intelligence and... I can see that being a special condition under which, you know, one of these people could become a monster. Actually, kind of fun fact, or, you know, fun idea, it kind of reminds me of how Shocker uh, pursued people who had uh, amazing bodies, um, like, you know, who were very athletic and had also uh, really high IQs. Um, you know, Takeshi Hongo, I think, is supposed to have a 5,000 IQ, or 5,500, whatever it is, it's ridiculous. Um, just like... Uh, uh, Sailor Mercury, she has a super high IQ too, the same. Anyway, uh, just kind of an interesting side point. Anyway, speaking of the terrorists, these uh, Mitsubishi.net guys, um, they are uh, pretty bad dudes. Uh, they're definitely the villains of the show. The Humagears aren't. I like the fact that Aruto explains that uh, at the end and that he has that video clip that he shows, I'm guessing from surveillance cameras or whatever. Um, and that was nice that we already know that these guys are the ones causing the Humagear to go bad and uh i mean there's kind of an allusion to the fact that they were the ones who did it at daybreak town you know way back when which um i'll get back to that anyway uh again this is like shocker um sort of sort of like shocker uh, we don't know what their goals are ultimately other than destruction of humans but it's just interesting to me are they more than human are they more human than human i don't know um but uh that's uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes how it develops uh, but my interest is peaked. Um, another thing is, uh, Aruto says that, uh, humans' dreams are bound up in the, uh, Humagir. And, um, <laughs> the other guy, Iwa? Usa? I don't know. Wolfman. I'm just gonna call him Wolfman Jack for now, because I don't remember his name. Fu Fuwa. Sorry, Fuwa. Um, he says that they are killing machines. And... Uh, I'll get into that a little bit more later, but uh, it's interesting to me that it's kind of, uh, you know, to get political, like the gun debate, you know, all these things, they only cause destruction. Well, you know, you've got uh, Fua and, uh, gosh, what's the lady's name? Sa, something with a Sa, Yui, Yui Saba? Anyway, um, you've got her and the Ames team using guns to protect people, obviously. The uh, writer, the whole thing with Common Rider, or anyway. Uh, then, you know, Aruto is using a belt that has very similar technology. He's confused for a corrupted Humagear. Even, you know, Fua and Ames see him like that, uh, and they attack him because of this. Um, so it's, you know, it's how you use the technology or the power or you know, the stick or the rock or the uh, butter knife, the screwdriver, whatever it is. Um, you know, you can use it for ill or for good, and uh, yeah, that's one of the things about Comrade that resonates with me. After Fuwa, a.k.a. Commander Vulcan, uh, destroys the Humagear that he was fighting, the Bat One, that was causing so much mayhem, or, you know, destruction, anyway, uh, he, he shoots through several uh, shipping containers, which they have hollow walls, so I guess it wouldn't have to be that powerful of a shot to do that, but you get to see um, Aruto, or, you know, Commander Zero One on the other side of that, and I think that is a great visual thing, and you see it from, from both of their sides, uh, but it mostly is on... Um, on Vulcan's side, and it's interesting because there really is a huge gap between these guys. Um, they both experienced the tragedy in Daybreak Town years ago. Um, 
Fua was not protected. He was in a school while it was under attack, and he had to run from uh, <laughs> Humagir, who were corrupted and who were saying something like, annihilate all humans, and because of that, he sees them as killing machines, and he wants to destroy them. That's his purpose, and uh, he even is interested in taking apart hidden technologies or hidden industries, or hidden intelligence, because they are the ones who produce the Humagir, and uh, you know he wants to destroy that which destroyed his life or, you know, looks like a bunch of people around him murdered and maybe he was one of a few survivors. But uh, Aruto um, was saved by his father, who was a Humagir, I guess. Uh, and that's why he sees them as being so good and as protectors of people's dreams. And I think he even said, like, they're protectors of people's smiles, which is uh, kind of a classic thing to say about a common writer. And... Um, it's interesting that their life experiences have caused them to have such different opinions about what exactly the Humagir are all about. And uh, I'm running out of time, so I need to wrap this up. And I, I just think it's a great conflict, and it's interesting how they kind of mirror and parallel each other, and I'm interested to see the dynamics play out in the future. So I like the bat's uh, wings. The, the design's pretty cool. I like how the base suit... Well, I love these... Uh, detachable boomerang wings that he gets to throw again and again and again and how they keep coming back even though it's silly that they shouldn't but it's Tokusatsu so it's okay so it's fun. Anyway, I like uh, these these suits remind me of Fies, the corrupted uh, Humagir suits because it's you know all black with the silver and then they get a special color accent. Uh, the weird one was orange, the one that R2 ended up destroying was orange, the bat one was red, and then they have different like accessories that kind of define what animal they are supposed to be based off of, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, there was a pretty cool bike fight, I like it, it kind of reminded me of Kamen Rider Wizard in the second episode, they had a really great bike fight, and uh, I think it's hilarious that Fuwa is so hard and so angry and stuff that he rips open his progress key or whatever, even though he's supposed to get authorization from uh, the lady. That's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, hashtag me too, right guys? Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and uh, then he punches a bullet, and that's how he like opens up his transformation, and it's just funny that he's that hardcore that he punches bullets and you know destroys things. Uh, and it's just kind of a funny try-hard uh, characteristic, but it's kind of cool, too. Anyway, uh, check out mjmunoz.com for more of my work. I'm currently reviewing Spider-Man comics and writing original fiction you can find there. I'm also participating in Tokutember, making tokusatsu-inspired art for the month of September. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee. MJ Loves Toku can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunoz.com slash mjlt. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to keep up with the latest in my quest to watch all Toku. <laughs> or all Tokusatsu, whatever. Uh, check out my Ultraman show, Going Ultra, and my other channel, Swinging Through Comics, where I review, you guessed it, comic books. That's all for now. Remember, folks, you don't have to shout henchin' to be a hero.